Thank you, Cinderella, and welcome to the Facts Over Fandom show. You know, Gypsy Road by Cinderella. I haven't thanked Cinderella in a, in a, in a few episodes, but that song has been on my heart for, I think, like two years. And I was like, that song would make a perfect intro song for a podcast. And I just needed the right podcast to do it. I'm so glad I started the Facts Over Fandom show where we're looking at the intersection of sport, business, and culture because that song, it's a banger. And I think I'm too old to be using that adjective, but I don't care. That song is a banger, um, like a lot of other Cinderella songs. Um, shake me. Uh, I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent. Hey, welcome to the Facts for Fandom Show. My name is Brandon Podgorski. I am going to be your host for better or worse here for the next about 30 minutes. And today is going to be a different show. We're going to get into sports a little bit. And like I said, this is the show where I tried to explain the why behind sports. So, Try to explain, um, the especially the business side. And I'll give you an example. So today I, I'm, I'm on Twitter and um, somebody put something out there to the extent that um, Notre Dame is trying to push the AAC, or, or I'm sorry, the ACC um, to add Stanford and Cal. Now, Notre Dame is an independent in football, but just about every other sport, they're part of the uh, ACC. And somebody said, you know, for them being a football school who want to remain independent, that's pretty rich that they would want to try to dictate to the ACC why to have them try to have um, Stanford and Cal join. Um, However, if you think about it, though, Notre Dame does get now we're not exactly sure what the numbers, but they get approximately 10 to 12 million dollars from the ACC in their media rights deal. So it would behoove Notre Dame to try to get more schools added if they thought it could bring in more revenue to the conference. So they do have a vested interest. Now, while I did see the snarky point, like, you know, you want to remain independent in football, but you want to try to tell people how to run their conference. Yeah. Okay. uh, I'll stipulate that. That was kind of funny. I like that. Um, But that would be why they're, you know, Notre Dame is not just trying to flex its muscle because, because they're Notre Dame. Um, It's, there's always, and in, in usually the easiest answer to these things, there's always a financial reason or a financial incentive behind it. So that's why. So that's why I created this show, to look at sports and try to break down facts from fandom. And I really try to look at things in a non-biased way. And I'm at the point now, I had somebody tell me this a long time ago, I think, I don't know, when I was in my 20s or something, and I thought he was crazy, um, where I only have room for one team in my life. Now, when I was in when I was in my twenties and I was single, and um, you know, I, I would have to get up early for work, but it didn't matter because you know I, I was young. I, I only needed to go on five hours of sleep. Man, I loved every sport. I had a bunch of teams that I would live and die with. Um, you know, including the Cubs, which everybody here well knows. Um, the the Colts, the Pacers, IU basketball. You know, IU football to to a certain extent. Um, however. Now, I only have room for one team in which it's really hard for me to remain unbiased, and that would be the Cubs. Everybody else I could look at and um, just, you know, even if we think about the teams that I used to really like, you know, the Colts, the Pacers, IU, I can look at them with an unbiased lens because I really only have time for one team to kind of go nuts on. So that's what I try to do here on this show is look at things in a non-biased way. Let me give you the why and explain what's going on. So if you're new to the show, welcome. So glad you're here. Please do me a favor. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FOF underscore show. This is mainly a podcast, but uh, you can check us out on YouTube and Rumble. You see, I got my facts over fandom banner here um, behind me, Um, but we would love for you to listen to us on Spotify. That's the easiest way for us to monetize this show. But hey, Apple counts. You can listen to us on Google and Amazon. All those count. Um, But we would love if you would listen to us on Spotify and watch us on YouTube or Rumble. So I want to get into our topic today. I told you today's going to be a little bit different show um, because we're going to be talking about men in kind of men's issues. And I'll tell you why here in just a minute. Before we get into our topic, and and I'll try to bring in some sport references to help with this, but I was reading an article day um, or, or the other day that really kind of... Um, I don't know. It, it just really kind of pushed a button with me. Um, and I don't have a, a big platform, 
I mean, you know, we we do get some listeners and we're closing in on 100 listens, which is great and extraordinarily thankful for. Um, however, with whatever platform I have, you know, I just want to try to share my experience as a man and and try to help out other men as well. Before we get into that, though, I do want to make sure that we talk about our one and only sponsor of the show. They're here to support us. So we certainly want to give them just a, uh, a minute or so to support them. And it is, sorry, open this up. So if you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble, Crossroads Shirts. If you go to Crossroads, Crossroads Shirts, C-R-O-S-S-R-O-A-D-S-S, S-H-I-R-T-S, Crossroads Shirts, dot etsy etsy dot com crossroadshirts.etsy.com this is our sponsor here shirts you wish your school sold now we've gone through the indiana collection we've gone through the ohio collection the michigan collection is starting to populate we got the university of michigan here we hope college not only does crossroad shirts like the big schools but they like small schools they are a company with a heart for small schools, as long as the big schools. So uh, you got Hope College, their shirts up there. That's kind of cool. But I used to have a podcast, Run Slow, Carb Hard podcast last year, where we looked at running and, and endurance sports from the back of the back of the pack view. Um, so Crossroad Shirts has started a Run Slow, Carb Hard running collection. So if you're a runner and you're interested in getting running shirts, check these out. Now they may only make sense to you if you are a runner, like this one here, if you click on this, um, it's a calendar. It says Saturday and it says, can't, I have a long run. So if you're a runner, you kind of get the joke. People want to do things with you on Saturday. And of course you say, well, you know, hey, I got a long run that day. I can, or I got to go to bed early Friday night or or whatever it is. Kind of a funny joke there. So visit crossroadshirts.etsy.com. And I want to bring this up as well. If you go and use the promo code, FOF10, FOF10 at checkout, you will receive 10% off your order. And I mean, these shirts are all, you know, they're $25, maybe $30 if if it has uh, print on both sides and, and it's a uh, rare color. Um, but hey, you know, that's, that's two and a half, three bucks off a shirt. You can't beat that. Promo code FOF. 1010 FOF10 com. You can also follow them on um I think they're only yeah Facebook and Instagram. Uh check them out crossroadshirts.etsy.com. Okay, so let's get into today's topic. And this started with an article that I read and they were talking about suicides and how last year, I think we had the most suicides in one year in 2020 um, than we've ever had in the history of this country, almost 50,000 suicides last year. And, and each one is is tragic. And, you know, you're easing the pain, your pain, um, but it leaves a, little, a lot of pain in your wake. And, and it's pain that, you know, the person who's going through with the process um, doesn't experience, but certainly those who, who are loved ones um, are the ones who experience that. And, and that happened to, you know, 50,000 families last year, almost. Um, but 80% of the suicides last year were men. And I am all for women's causes. You know, I, I have helped a lot uh, of female students and, and employees get their break in sport and try to mentor them and work with them and, and try to do everything I can to, to provide opportunities for them. And I'm going to continue to do that because I feel that it's the right thing to do. Um, but I've noticed in the past few years, being around 18 to 22 year old men um, all day that, you know, we've got, we've got some problems on the horizon with our young men. And I'm very fortunate to be around just some some great young men uh, every day. Um, but again, I'm not a sociologist and I'm not a psychologist, but you know, I, I am a human being and, and I can use my eyes. There's things going on right now um, with guys that are, are troubling. And I don't know if I, my thoughts are probably gonna ramble here a little bit today, 
Um, but from one man to hopefully others that are going to be listening, I want to try to provide a little bit of advice and maybe a little bit of direction for, for men. And there won't be an Uncle Brandon segment today because this whole show is basically going to be an Uncle Brandon segment. Um, but I, I kind of started to go back and, I th and, and think and, and think about the most successful men that I know in, in my life. And I've been very blessed to know um, a lot of successful men. Now, you need to do, decide what does the word success mean to you? Maybe it's money, it's prestige, family, position, whatever. What does success mean to you? And through that, I kind of compiled a list with, with these men that I know. And I came up with five traits that I feel will make you a successful man. No matter how you um, you define what success is and what you want it to be in your life, if you can do these five things or, or try to master these five things, knowing that it's always going to be a little bit of a moving target and, and none of us are ever going to hit everything perfectly, it's okay. But if you could do these five things, as a man, you're going to be okay. And you're going to live a fulfilled and happy life. And again, my thoughts are going to ramble on some of this stuff. I think a lot of programming lately has been directed to women. And again, that's great. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Um, as you think about um, the needs of women in, in the workplace, or you know, in in my in my environment, uh, working in sport, there obviously are some things that that need to be talked about and uh, need to be highlighted. But I don't want men to fall by the wayside, as well. And I, I certainly don't want men to think that they're not important. That there are some things that men specifically need in order to be successful in the workplace or successful in the community. Um, and it's not talked about as much. And so let me go through these five things here that I have noticed in the most successful men that, that I know in my life and my 43 years of being here on this earth and try to give you a little bit of context and, and I'll bring some sport into this as well. So one, um, men, you've got to have a purpose. What gets you out of bed each day? What's the last thing you think about when you go to bed? And I think for a lot of men, when we think about purpose, we think about our career. And that's fine. Careers are great, right? But what's driving you if the only thing that you're doing is waking up, playing video games, getting on social media, kind of walking around aimlessly with, with nowhere to go, no path, nothing that, that you're shooting at as a target, you're going to lead a, a very unhappy life because men are wired to, um, what's, what's a good way to put it, um, to succeed or, or to go and, um, um, to desire to go and and succeed, right? To have a drive to to build, to have a drive to create, to have a drive to create a goal. For some men, maybe it's competitiveness, right? They've got a competitiveness competitiveness where they want to beat others, and and I don't really want to focus on that. That's that is kind of a little bit. I mean, that kind of falls under the umbrella of manhood being competitive, um, but at the same time, you know, I don't think that's a focus that you want to put a hundred percent of your drive into is just trying to beat other men. I think what's more healthy is how can I be the best me that I can be? And so what's your purpose? You know, um, one of the most successful business owners 
that I knew was a guy who who I was business partners with. I was very um, very blessed to have him come into my life and and, and be a business partner of mine. And um, he went on and, and he owned um, a bunch of different businesses, um, a ton of health clubs, but he had his hands in a bunch of different things. But you knew that his purpose was, I want to bless others. And it really kind of started with his family. But then once he got to know you and he 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 just he loved you like like you were family like you've always been family like his drive his purpose was what can i do to help this person succeed what can i do to make them the most amount of money that i can help them make right that was his purpose in life and through that he was successful with opening businesses all across the country just starting with one small one um, out West, and then just going all across the country, kind of backed by this purpose, this drive of, I want to open this business because I want to put somebody in charge of it who I want to help. I want to see them be wildly successful. And through that, yeah, I will be successful too. But my purpose on earth will be manifested through their success. Like, how cool is that to where you're willing to put up hundreds of thousands of dollars to get somebody set up, somebody else to get set up to be successful? And then you accomplish that goal. And then obviously you see a return on that, right? How cool is that? So what's your purpose? You know, I'm going through meetings this week, preparing to bring new students onto the campus that I teach at. And that's one of the things that I'm going to talk to. I talk with our freshmen every year. And one of the first questions I ask them, say 15, 20 years from now, not right when you graduate college, but 15 from 20, 20 years from now, right? When you've had an opportunity to get your degree and, and get the work experience that you need, you could wave your magic wand. What would you be doing? And I always tell them, do not be realistic. I want you to go pie in the sky, just stupid, crazy. What is the dream job? And when you take that limiter off, oh man, I, I mean, the answers you get, um, yeah, they're, they're unrealistic, but it starts to kind of ignite a fire or, or it starts to kind of get students and, and young men thinking and young women, obviously too. Um, but, you know, young men thinking, wow, you know, I would love to be the GM of my favorite team, whoever it would be right? in, in baseball, basketball, football. Right, hockey. Um, and so let's just say, hey, I, I want to be the the GM uh, of the Chicago Cubs. Okay, well, that's great. You know, well, there's only about 30 major league baseball teams. So just know the path to do that, extraordinarily narrow. Okay. So I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. But if that's your goal, that's your purpose, here's the roadmap to get there. And it's tough. There is a lot of work that you've got to you got to go through and maybe you won't make it, but along the way, I bet you are going to be successful doing something in that given career. And so what I want these, I want young men to think about is don't, don't be aimless, right? Figure out what your passion is and maybe your passion. It's, it's not sport and that's fine. Hey, I'm glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you're watching. I'm glad that you're listening, right? But what is your passion? What is it that you want to do? Maybe you want to do special effects for Disney and, and work on Star Wars, right? I know I'm the only person in the country who does not like Star Wars. That's not my thing. But you know what? Hey, that's cool. Go do it. That would be an amazing opportunity and an amazing job. And now it's going to be really hard to get there because they need a limited amount of help. And there's only so many people they can hire. And there's a lot of people who want to get in that position, right? But what are the steps you need to get to get there? Start step one and just work your way and just know it's a process, right? This doesn't happen overnight. And frankly, you don't want this to happen overnight. You do not want to be an overnight success because there are so many lessons you learn along the way. Failure, it's one of the best teachers you can ever, ever have. I have failed so 
many times. And it's made me a better husband. It's made me a better dad, made me a better employee, right? I fail at this podcast all the time. It's made me a better podcaster. It made me a better speaker, better talker, better presenter. Right? Find your purpose in life. And I know for me, um, you know, my purpose in life, um, do I want to give it away yet? I'm going to wait to the end. I'm going to wait to the end. I'm going to wait till number five because number five is going to kind of tie it all in together. So you're going to have to wait if you want to hear my purpose in life, right? So one, find purpose. Two, find joy, right? You've got to find some joy and some happiness in whatever it is that you're doing in life. Find something that you enjoy that makes you happy. Now, I would say you need to find things, you would need to find joy in things that develop you as a person, that don't harm you as a person. You know, playing video games, it can be fun, certainly can be fun as kind of like a hobby here and there, but I wouldn't want to play 10 hours of video games a day and say, that's what brings me joy, right? Because it's not, it's just a means to get away from the world. Maybe it's a mean, uh, a coping mechanism, right? Joy, you know, happiness is fun. I think happiness is, is kind of a, a right now type of feeling. Joy is something that stays with you all the time. Now there's some days that I'm not as joyful and there's some days where I'm really joyful. Right. Um, so, you know, sometimes it ebbs and flows a little bit, but for the most part, I am always happy because my purpose in life is I, I'm seeing my purpose lived out. And that brings me a lot of joy. Bad things still happen to me, right? But for the most part, I got a lot of joy. And I, I was looking uh, on social media today, and there's a, a sports anchor in Indianapolis. I think he's celebrating 20, 25 years with um, with a t- with a TV station in Indianapolis. And he was a guest speaker for us last year where where I teach. And um, you could just tell, like, every time he's on TV, he's got a huge smile. He's got a lot of energy. You never hear him complaining. Um, whether it be on TV or social media, uh, he probably talked with us 30 minutes longer than what he needed to, because he was just talking about his job and his career. And he had so many stories and he'd talk about one story. He's like, oh yeah, that reminds me of this. And then that reminds me of this. And he had so many cool opportunities, um, throughout his career that just brought him so much joy. And, And I'm not saying that all your joy has to come from work. I don't think you want to wrap yourself up in your career and find your joy in that. Um, you need to find it, find it in something that's certainly longer lasting, but find joy, not just happiness, not just right now I feel good. Because right? there's a lot of things that kind of feel good at the, at, at the moment. You know, going out and, and, you know, getting hammered with the boys, you know, I might feel good in the moment, but you're going to pay for it the next day. Right, that's not going to bring you long-lasting joy. It's like temporary happiness. But what is it in life that can bring you long-lasting joy? For every day you wake up and you and you say, you know what, I'm fulfilled. I might not be where I want to be right now. I might not have everything I want to have right now. But I'm working towards some things that that really get me up and get me going and and make me excited. Whether it's a job or a hobby or helping other people, whatever it is. Find something that gives you some joy, right? Third, thankfulness. Be thankful. Be grateful. Uh, if you want, again, you know, I, I recommend you, you follow the show on in Twitter and Instagram at FOF show. Um, but if you want to follow me on my personal Twitter, you can do that. It's um, at professor underscore pod, P-O-D, at professor underscore pod. But my uh, pin tweet. It's from Cicero. Um, and it says, gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. So let me repeat it. Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. Be thankful. You know, don't take things for granted. Um, don't 
um, you know, be ungrateful or, or, you know, don't kind of um, be selfish. Um, don't be egotistical. Don't be so self-centered where everything has to revolve around you. Um, be aware of other people. Be self-aware, you know, of those times where, you know, maybe you are not being um, the the nicest, most gracious person in the room, understanding that there are other people and that your actions have externalities on other people as well. Be aware of that. Um, but again, as I think about the happiest men that I know or the most successful men that I know, they've, they've got gratitude. They're, they're thankful. They are thankful for what they got. They don't take it for granted. They don't squander it. And, you know, as part of that, they want other people to have it. Maybe not the exact same thing that they've got, but they want other people to share in that joy that they have. These things are all interconnected. And I've already talked about some of that. You know, I was talking about my old business partner, right? And, you know, that just comes from, from a thankful heart. And I'm telling you, people who are grateful, man, they're just different. Their whole cadence is different. The way they walk, the way they talk, the way they carry themselves, the way they have relationships with other people, the way they fellowship with other people. You want to be around grateful, thankful people. They're just people you want to be around. No one wants to be around um, the egotist. No one wants to be around that person who is just ungrateful and is just totally about them. Everything has to revolve around them. And as I'm saying it, you're picturing who that person is in your life. Um, the same way I'm picturing who that person is in my life. You know, think about that person. Think about that person where it's always about them. Like they're miserable. You don't want to be around them, right? Maybe they're insecure and they've got to make fun of you when you're doing something that you're trying to better your life or that you're really excited about, right? Grateful people, on the other hand, right? They're usually supportive. You know, you're doing something really cool. Maybe I don't understand it, right? Just talked about Star Wars. Like, maybe I don't understand why people would be into it. Um, but that's something that really excites you and you would love to have a career um, working on that set or, or doing graphic design or, or CGI or, or marketing for, for Disney or whatever. Hey, that's pretty cool. What can I do to help you? I might not understand it, but man, if I could help you, that would make me, um, I, I would just be thrilled to see you succeed, right? Get around people like that. Get around grateful people who want to see you succeed because they are going to be your biggest advocates. And even if they're not in the industry that you work in, I mean, I just had this happen to me this week where I'm looking for um, some some guest speakers or, or some um, some podcast hosts on, on another podcast that I host uh, through work. And I have people sharing the word for me who don't even work in sport. But they know people, and those people might know people. I have put myself in a great spot because I've aligned myself with grateful people, thankful people who want to help me, even if they're not in my industry. You never know who that that per, who somebody else knows. Right? And I'm not the most extroverted person in the world. It may seem like it on the podcast. Um, you know, when I'm out and about, I'm usually pretty quiet because I'm just kind of a, a quiet person. You know, I, I kind of like to think that I'm an extroverted introvert. Um, you know, I, I, if you would drop me in a room of a hundred people and say, go work the room, uh, I, I'd really struggle with that. That's just not who I am. Um, but I'm really good with one-on-one -on -one relationships. And again, you just, you never know who people know. So put yourself out there, try to get around grateful, thankful people, and they will be your advocate. And you'll be shocked at how they can help you. And when they do, you just say, thank you. And grateful people, generally, we don't want anything in return. You know, if I can do something nice for somebody, I'm doing it because 
I have been blessed in my life. I have had so much good fortune. Like I've got to pay it back. I've got to. I've just been way, way, way um, too fortunate in life with some of the experiences I've had to not be able to share it because I want other people to feel that way too. It's just fun. Like people who are thankful and who give and supportive, man, they're just fun. So have purpose, have joy, be grateful. Let's talk about number four, right? You got to get some fellowship. I struggle with this, all right? I'm not perfect on all this. That's why I said these are traits that I see in other people, <laughs> all right? Some of these traits, um, Brandon is still working on as I talk about myself in the third person, right? You got to have some fellowship. You got to have friends, right? You, you got to have a community around you. And, um, you know, with that, with men, that looks different than it does with women. Like the the friends and fellowship that my wife has looks vastly different than the friends and fellowship that I've had in life. And to give you some examples, um, so like with my wife in any groups or, or friends that she has, um, it's a lot more emotionally driven. Um, topics tend to be a little bit heavier. Um, they're, they go much deeper than surface level. Um, they're very supportive uh, on, on emotional level. That's the type of fellowship she has. Guys, it's not that we don't need those things, but we tend to relate to each other on a little bit different plane. And so, whereas, you know, my wife kind of values really deep, meaningful conversations with her friends. I value being able to go to the gun range with friends and, you know, we meet, Hey, how you doing? Everything good? Good. All right. Let's go shoot for a couple of hours. And then on the way out, Hey, how'd you shoot? Fun. You have a good time. All right. Hey, it was great seeing you. And I just had a blast for two hours. Right. <laughs> you know, my wife or women might say, well, what'd you talk about? What's going on in her life? Nothing. I don't know. Well, what'd you guys do? Shotguns. That's it. Yeah, it was great. Right? That's okay. That is okay. Or, you know, when um, I was working in, in college athletics and um, a bunch of us from the athletic department, we'd get together on Friday nights and we'd play poker. You know, again, not a lot of deep thoughts were being shared. Now, um, a lot of arguments, right? A lot of, um, a lot of tempers that time and, um, you know, a lot of making fun of each other, man, they were fun. I mean, we looked forward to it every Friday night, even though we knew somebody was going to be upset and there was probably going to be an argument at some point in the night, right? Because that's just how we communicated with each other. And we had a great time. So you got to find some fellowship that reflects your style and reflects what's important to you. You know, now, um, you know, I, I'm fine having having fun just watching a ball game um, with a friend. We don't even have to talk the entire game, maybe except what's going on during the game. But, you know, hey, let's eat some nachos. Let's eat some wings. Let's watch a game. And for me, that's fun. But you want people around you who, a good way to put this would be, at the same station in life as you. And maybe career-wise, it's a little bit different, but we share some commonalities, maybe it's as far as um, our outlooks on the world, faith, community, um, kids, parenting, right? Where we have some commonalities on things that are really, really important to us. Try to get that fellowship, right? It's really important. Um, for guys. And then from that, you know, if deep conversations come out, you know, that's great. Um, I wouldn't say you want to try to force that stuff because not all guys are good at talking, but you know, sometimes if I just need, you know, if I'm, if I'm having a hard time and I just need to be around a friend, I just need to be around a friend. I, I don't need to necessarily talk about what's going on in life. 
you know, I just need a, a few minutes or a few hours just to hang out and just to um, just to kind of be with friends and, and don't take it for granted. You know, I, I saw something on, I think it was on Twitter or, or Instagram uh, the other day. And it was a group of kids playing baseball, looked like in a, in a sandlot or something. And the caption was, you and your friends went out to play for the last time and none of you knew it. And I'm kind of getting like emotional thinking about that because like growing up, you know, playing baseball or football or basketball in our neighborhood, it's like the best time ever. You know, you go back to 10 years old, you know, you do it in a heartbeat. Now, um, you know, I kind of divide my life like pre-marriage and dad and then post-marriage and dad and post-marriage and dad, you know, I'm like the happiest I've ever been, but like pre-marriage and dad, you know, going out and, and being with friends and just, just playing and having fun and, and, and arguing and making fun of each other and, and all that stupid stuff that little boys do like that was great fellowship. Right. So as an adult, you need to find that same thing that brings you that joy, right? So we got purpose, we got joy, we got gratitude, we got fellowship. And then the last thing, you need God. Now, you know, this is not a, a religious podcast. And I think the best advice I ever got in life, I, I was in sixth grade, I think. And I was at a basketball camp at the high school that I would eventually go to. And the head basketball coach came out and he said, okay, the most important things in your life in order are um, God, family, school, and then basketball. Oh my gosh, that was the most profound thing I've ever heard. You know, I'm only like 12 years old and that has stuck with me for the past 30 plus years. And it is still true today as, as much as it was when I heard it, you know, what, like back in 92, whenever that was. Um, You've got, so let's start with God. You've got to have a belief in something that's that's higher than you, right? You could open the paper, the news, it's social media, whatever. If you open a website right now, the first story is just going to be about something stupid on man's failures. It will be, right? Somebody did something stupid. Right? Like right now, we got a current president who there's allegations of corruption, and we have a former president who just got indicted and is getting arrested, right? Those are going to be like the stories that are leading the news every night. It's just kind of man's failures, right? So if you look to people, whether it be athletes, politicians, celebrities, um, business tycoon, whatever it is, as Hey, these are the people that I want to emulate because these are the people I kind of put in that God space. You are going to be let down 100% of the time because people are fallible. That's just, it's just who we are. None of us are perfect. So what's that belief in something higher than yourself? You know, for me, I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus Christ is, is our God and, and died for our sins. So for me, when I talk about my purpose and I talked about, I wouldn't talk about my purpose until we got to number five. And so now we'll get to it. Like my purpose in life is to live a life that is reflectant, uh, that reflects God in me, right? What am I doing to put God first and follow those principles and that everything else is going to fall into order. Now that's me. You know, if you would ask me, I think that's the way to go when you're thinking about that God component, right? Now, other people, you, you've got other religions, right? Or, or you've got other denominations, whatever it is. The important thing that I'm talking about here is having that, that belief or, or that goal in a higher order than just yourself. It goes back to being thankful and gratefulness, right? We're not just here to be self-serving. We're here to help and bless others. And when you're walking around and you feel like you're missing something in life, you know, in, in the Christian community, we call that that God-sized hole. Like, and I remember Tom Brady having this interview, I think it was after his, his uh, you know, second or third Super Bowl win. And he was like, you know, man, I've got the Super Bowl win and I've got all this success and, and fame. It's like, but is this it? Like, I feel like there's something missing. And anytime I hear that, I mean, it, the answer's so easy and it's so obvious. You know, you're missing that belief in something that's higher than yourself. 
And there's nothing that's going to be able to, to fill that hole. And no matter how successful people look, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can fill that hole, that God-sized hole. So you got to have that belief there of, okay, it's not just me. What am I here to do? How can I help others? How can I use the skills that I have and the talents that I have to help others? And if you do that, you do these five things as a man, you're going to lead lead a really successful life. And I told you, I don't have kind of necessarily all my thoughts in order. I kind of wrote down a few notes, um, but there's certainly some things that <clears throat> you could be doing as a man that's going to be taking you away from kind of living out that purpose that you want. So be afraid of these, right? Be afraid of the things I told you what to do. Let me try to tell you a few things not to do. Be afraid of some of the things that are going to warp your mind or going to take you away from your purpose, right? And we'll kind of go the opposite of everything that I just talked about, right? So I talked about you got to have purpose. Well, then the opposite of that would just to be aimless, right? You don't care. We don't care. You're not going to have, how can you have structure if you don't care? You'll bounce around from one job to another, you know, you're never going to be on a, on a trajectory where you could have a successful life um, independently of, you know, relying on others, right? Is that any life to live? Just kind of bouncing around, no direction, and then complaining, right? As we think about thankfulness, the opposite of that being complaining, then complaining because things didn't work out for you. The Calvary is not coming. It is all on you. Promise you. But you have some purpose. You're grateful. You're thankful. You have joy. People are going to come beside you and they're going to help you. Right? All right. So what's the opposite of joy? Would be anger. And so you really kind of have to choose, you know, joy. And again, a lot of that just goes back to finding something that gives you joy, that gives you purpose. And again, nobody wants to be around that angry person, but just know, you know, sometimes things in life are going to happen to you that you, know, you didn't sign up for, you didn't ask for. I've had a lot of hard things happen in life that I didn't sign up for. I didn't ask for that, but it does me no good to be resentful and angry because it's a one person war. You know, a lot of other people you think that that you're angry with, they probably moved on or they don't really even think about it. Right? So you're fighting a war really against yourself and you're losing. Right? Um, so I've talked about purpose, joy, thankfulness, the three things that are opposite of that. Um, fellowship, isolation would be opposite of that. Right? And with that comes relationship. Now, I think if you're looking for a relationship and we're talking about intimate relationship, if you're looking for a relationship, you should be looking for somebody that you want to partner with for life. I think the culture, the the hookup culture that we have right now, it's extremely damaging both to men and women. Um, it's certainly glorified in in media and in, in Hollywood, um, but the life itself is is extremely damaging. And studies show that married men, they live longer, they're happier, they make more money, have more sex. Now, I'm not saying that those are good reasons to get married, but they're certainly pretty good doggone byproducts of it, right? It's better than the alternative where, you know, you're not really with somebody you want to be with long-term, but eh, it's kind of fine right now. Um, and then you break up and then, okay, well, find somebody else. Or even worse, you don't even try to find somebody. That's something that I'm really, really, really afraid of with our current generation of men is this thing right here as I hold up my cell phone, um, I, the green screen here is kind of blocking it. But as I hold up my cell phone, this is a tool. It can be a really good tool, but it could be one of the worst things you could have in your hand because there is so much access um, to to free 
adult intimate entertainment on here to where, why would I even try? Why would I even try to go and, and get shut down? Or, um, you know, why would I try to go and, and find a girl when I could have a new one every, every 10 minutes if I wanted, but it starts to warp the mind. And you think that that's how relationships are both supposed to be, or that's how intimacy actually is. And then once you do get married or once you do get a mate, you find out not even close. That is not what real life intimacy is, right? So don't let that crap pollute your brain, right? Isolation, it's the opposite of fellowship. And if you want good fellowship, fellowship means relationship. And relationship, it's a mutual work with two or, or more people, you know, in a group or or in a couple. It's not just, okay, hey, we're going to stay together right now because it's kind of cool. And then if something else better comes along, yeah, okay, then we'll do that. No, it's a commitment. It's a, it's a commitment to each other. Um, but you're so much stronger in those bonds. And you'll have bonds that tie you um, to where you don't all of a sudden become aimless. You know, I work hard in part because I want my family to succeed and I want them to be safe. Right? So fellowship, really important. And then the opposite of God is the self. You know, the love of self um, and the thinking that there is nothing more beyond, beyond me than me. I'm it. I'm the smartest. I'm always right. Everybody else does things differently. They're wrong. Right? Think about that person in your life. You don't want to be around them. Kind of annoying. People kind of write them off. It's like, okay, yeah, it's just that person. They're just talking again because they got all the answers. Right? So find that thing in your life where it's giving you a higher purpose. And through that, you're going to want to look for ways to help others. Now, you know, this information or this advice, it's targeted for men. And I'm sure a lot of this stuff it, it would also work for, for women as well. I, I, you know, I have no doubt, but I, I'm not a female, so I, I can't tell you, right? I can only tell you from the perspective of myself and the most successful men that I know, and they go and they do these things. And if you're thinking along the, the lines of sport, you know, you think about somebody with purpose, Tim Tebow has great purpose in life. Take away all, all the other stuff, all, all the all the religious stuff. Take it away. He's got great purpose in life where um, he's tried his hand at, at different sports, football and baseball. Obviously, one of the greatest college football players of all time, in my opinion, um, had some mixed results as a pro, but, but couldn't stay in the NFL, then tried baseball. But that's not his purpose in life. His purpose in life right now, it's fighting child trafficking. That's an amazing purpose. And I've got to hear him in person um, talk about that. And you could tell the drive that he has for that. And that's what wakes him up every day. It's a lot of fun to be an athlete and being an athlete has given him a stage and being able to give him resources and means to help him with his purpose. But it's not what encompasses him as a person, right? That's somebody with purpose right there. Joy, I talked about, I talked about that sports anchor um, a little bit ago. Um, gratefulness. You know, who think about that person in your life or, or, you know, trying to think about that, that person in sports who's grateful. I think one that comes to my mind, uh, I mean, it might sound a little bit goofy, um, but Pat McAfee, um, you could tell that's a guy who is so grateful for the position that he has in life. I mean, just listen to him or just follow him <clears throat> on, um, on Twitter. I mean, he is so grateful. He knows you know, hey, I came into the NFL as a, as, as a kicker. He was really a kicker, a soccer player. He was a kicker, but um, he, he made him a punter and he stayed with the team and he even got in trouble. He got arrested for going out uh, to a place in Indianapolis with has a lot of bars and jumped into a canal that that runs in there. Um, and, you know, he didn't get kicked off the team and he was still able to be on that team with some all-time greats, you know, including Peyton Manning. And he knows how incredibly fortunate he is. And it just comes through like his show is just taking off to now he's getting paid millions of dollars to be on ESPN. When he started this, it's just kind of like a, a goofy little type of, you know, podcast, video cast thing, um, you know, well over 10 years ago. And now it's just kind of ballooned from there. And he's brought along his friends for the ride. So that is somebody who is 
grateful, right? Somebody who is grateful and thankful and is blessing others who have stuck with them this whole time. I, I love the story of uh, of Pat McAfee, right? And I'll lump um, the last two in kind of together with fellowship and God. And I think of somebody um, in sport like that, um, Tony Dungy, if you get an opportunity, read his book, The Mentor Leader. Excellent. Probably one of the best books on leadership. And, and I'm getting my PhD in leadership. Probably one of the best books, um, anecdotal books on leadership and uh, you'll you'll ever read. The Mentor Leader by Tony Dungy. And he really gets into the weeds on some of this stuff. And it's a, it's an easy, accessible read. You know, it's not like a lot of the things I read that are just, um, uh, you know, scholarly academic in nature. Um, but it's, it's practical and it's just, um, great advice if you want to be a leader. And, and obviously he, he's a Christian. So, you know, you know, that comes through like where he's driven. Um, but, even though there's some of that in the book, um, the book, even if you wanted to take that part out, take the God part out, it's great advice on how to be a leader and in, in talking about that fellowship. And, um, you know, he still gets together with the guys that he played with when he was in the, with the Steelers, you know, back in the seventies, eighties. Um, and you could tell how much fellowship means to him and how his coaching staff, he wouldn't let them stay late um, and, and made sure that they were home with their families um, because he knew how important those relationships were um, at home and he knew the power of fellowship. So I hope that is good practical advice. Let me know what you think. Hit us up on social media, Twitter and Instagram at FOF underscore show. I can't wait to see everybody next Friday. As always, love God, love each other. Have a great week. See you next time.